RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Okay, this is the first. We're welcoming our first mayor to Reality Check Radio, and he is the mayor of Nelson Nick Smith, Your Worship. Is that the correct title, Your Worship? I get called a lot, I get called a lot worse than that, Paul. Just Nick's fine. Nick, welcome to Reality Check Radio, and thank you for being our first mayor. Oh, pleased to join you on the show. Okay, so we're here to talk about uh, what looks like heading you and and your people heading off at the pass an asset grab. Uh, I'm reading from the mayor's message on the Al Nelson website, and uh, it's headlined, Government Backs Off NELMAC. What is NELMAC, Nick? NELMAC's a contracting company. It employs about 300 people. It's got assets of about $20 million. Uh, They're a fantastic uh, team of practical people who get out and, you know, when the sewage pipes burst and it's pissing down with rain, they get out there and they fix the pipes. They've been a huge help to Nelson through the storm event, but they also maintain all of our public gardens, our sports fields, uh, and about half their businesses with private enterprise. So they're a contracting company that's owned by council. Right, sort of like old school when, when councils used to have their works department. Yeah, sort of like that, right? Yeah, there's about 10 councils around the country that have retained the ownership of those. Uh, NELMAC was formed back in the 1990s, 96, uh, and has been you know trading for the 20-plus uh, years since. Uh, as a council-owned company, we appoint the directors and, uh, and and they go about the business. And about a third of their business is looking after Nelson's water services, our sewage pipes, our water pipes, our stormwater systems, both in terms of the maintenance, but also any upgrades that are in the community. Do you think that was a smart move, hanging on to that? Because many councils let that go completely, and I guess they're at the mercy of of, um, you know, the marketplace. Oh, there are mixed views on that, you know. So, like, if I take our two neighbouring councils, both Tasman and Marlborough, and many councils decided to sell those businesses off and just have them as contractors. So you've got big companies like Houghton and Hogan and Downers um, doing it. And so, look, there are mixed views. The bit that really got up the nostrils was when, as the part of the government's three waters reform, they said, well, look, we're just going to take those assets in part of the business. And the real anomaly was this point, that in Marlborough and in Tasman, that work and those assets are owned by companies like Downers and Fulton and Hogan. And the government wasn't going to steal those assets or those staff. They were only going to go after taking those that belonged to councils. And councils like Christchurch, like Westland, like Nelson were affected by this. And it was actually quite outrageous. But here you've got a, a business that is serving the community well, that's owned by the ratepayers, and somehow the government, by feat of legislation, thought it was okay uh, just to effectively uh, grab that portion of the business that's involved in water services. So I'm talking about pumps and diggers uh, and and a good number uh, of 50 of their staff uh, would, by legislative feat, be taken off us. Now, it was going to wreck the business. The director said to me, well, look, forget about your dividend. Uh, we actually don't think we will be a viable business uh, if you take those water services assets off us. But actually pretty outrageous that a government would either consider in doing that, particularly as it wasn't done on the principle of what the people did or what the equipment was. They solely thought that they could do this asset grab on the basis that they were owned by a council and they could help themselves. 
What does that tell you about their attitude? I well, wonder. a complete lack of respect for property rights is that, you know, well, I can accept in very extreme circumstances uh, where, you know, during a civil defence emergency, there are powers for government to, to take, you know, pieces of machinery or assets in really extreme circumstances. But to do it on the basis that, oh, we can and we shall, um, in my view, uh, is a lack of respect for that basic principle of property rights and the real unfairness. What you could effectively argue is, well, Nelson should Nelson City Council should never have retained the ownership of that equipment and staff uh, because you run the risk that Big Brother government Monday may get up out of bed and decide they're going to steal them. You'd think that would be a remote possibility, though, normally, wouldn't you? Well, that's exactly right. Did I ever dream that government would come along and without any compensation grab a whole set of assets off us, um, off the Nelson community? I would never have thought that that was a reasonable proposition. The legislation went through last year uh, even without a squeak. And what the legislation did was gave these new water entities the power to do it, and then it was discretionary as to whether, whether they then exercised their powers. They sent us an email in December and said, sorry, guys, we're going to be taking the water services component of the Nelmag business, and that's when I spat the dummy said that it was wrong, and have worked as hard as I can as the Mayor of Nelson to get the government to back off. They haven't changed the legislation, but they have backed off. You have to raise the question, how on earth did such draconian legislation get through the parliament? You're experienced in government. If anything like that had ever come across your desk or to your colleagues, your cabinet colleagues, anyone, what would have your response oh, I, think, I do think that uh, there's been, through COVID, and you can have these, and I'm a very strong supporter of our parliamentary system of government in the Westminster British model, because it's really hard to have absolutes. But I do think what's happened, Paul, is that during the COVID era, the government got away with uh, passing legislation, you know, 24 hours, very little public input getting very strong public support for incredibly draconian restriction of movements, telling people they couldn't leave their house, all that sort of stuff, to where there needs to be a bit of a check and a bit of a pushback in the post-COVID era to getting us back to the norms of some basic respect for freedoms and rights that have been a bit lost in the last two or three years for the wearing. Okay, I want to get to how you managed to persuade them to go the other way shortly, but what happens when you get an email an email like that come through? Did you have any inkling that something was on the way or is it like turn up and you're reading it, what the hell is this? Well, it went through to my chief executive and uh, he at that stage had been part of discussions with Three Waters uh, for several years and even for him it came completely out of left field. And, uh, and there were a few swear words that I won't repeat on your respectful radio show. Uh, and then we went about do you really mean this? And we sort of went back to them and said, do you guys know what you're doing? This is really fringe. And they came back very bullish. And so the officials within the Three Waters group, we're well, no, no, we've got the right to do this, uh, and we shall. And part of it, Paul, was if you sit there and you're a new chief executive of one of these water companies, I'm sorry, I don't care whether you're a radio station or a council or a business, you're always under pressure about money. Sorry, it's the, the world we live in. Yeah. 
And so if the legislation gives you the right to take something, why wouldn't you? They can do it quite lawfully. They can take what they like, and so they chose to. And that was about as good as the, the logic that we got. I think as the government reflected on it being an election year, reflected on uh, Nelson being a relatively marginal seat, realised that the community here in Nelson, when I informed them of what was being proposed, that it really was draconian unfair, that they were on a, a bashing to nowhere. They were on a losing wicket. Uh, and that is what I ultimately think uh, brought uh, Kieran McAnulty to take a different call. Do you think they they thought you'd just take it? Oh, I think at the officials' level, um, they were motivated simply by um, getting as much assets as they can. If you can get, you know, tens of millions of dollars of assets for nothing, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, um, try it on. Yeah, yeah, let's try it on. I think I think at the political level, they actually did not understand. They did not understand that there were companies uh, that were trading entities that councils owned uh, that they were going to be wrecked. Uh, and it looked particularly bad when a company like Nelmec had done a really good job for the Nelson community through the worst storm we had in 50 years uh, last August. Uh, and for them to be uh, effectively wrecking a business that the community owned that had been sort of heroes six months early was just going to be too much of a bad look for the government. How hard did you have to go to get him to back off? Well, I was a bit surprised because I, I wrote very politely in the first instance and then gradually got a bit more impolite as I was not heard, made a submission uh, to the Select Committee in Wellington, took over the Chief Executive and Board from the company to, to make the point. Uh, and the Select Committee sat there like sort of stuffed dummies, having no idea uh, just what uh, the legislation was enabling them to do. You may recall then in March they made an announcement of the rejig of the three waters reforms where yep. they increased the number of entities from four to ten. To ten, yeah. I was expecting them to make the announcement then because it was just such a no-brainer. It was just so far out of fear game. They didn't, uh, and so we had to turn the heat up a couple of notches uh, and then right on the night before the budget. Uh, uh, they, uh, they 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 announced the back off, and I think that was quite deliberate too, in the sense of doing it right before the budget, so there wouldn't be too much um, publicity around it. Let's get this um, deal with this issue that's a real problem for us, uh, and uh, and make sure there's not too much media scrutiny by announcing it on the eve of the budget. I guess that's how you do it <laughs> if you want to minimise the, the the fallout. So. Um... Have you got anything to worry about now? Are they going to come back at you at some point? Well, the legislation has not been changed. So technically, right. the chief executive could, or the water entity could wake up tomorrow morning and come to a different decision, but I don't think we'll come to that. Um, my view is that uh, on three waters, there actually has been some improvements. So if you take an area like Nelson, I do not agree, Paul, with the government narrative that councils have all done a bad job of looking out the water. Because that's the impression. That's that, that is. Doesn't match up. Can I give you the numbers? Sure. You know, we we invested in the 1980s in this community in a dam called the Maitai Dam, big investment, good water supply. Invested in a water treatment plant 20 years ago. If you looked at the water testing results, which are tested every single day for 20 years, we've not had a single bad test. The right. water that you drink in Nelson is as good as it gets. And this narrative that sort of says, oh, government does a really good job of infrastructure, councils don't, I honestly, Paul, don't think it's true. 
and I've worked in central government as well as local government. We just need to look at the problems that occurred with Cyclone Gabriel in an area like Napier, where you had uh, both telecommunications in the private sector and roads and transpower systems fail during that storm event. I'm sorry, nobody's perfect uh, in this space. So I think the government has overreached on saying that you know councils are all hopeless in managing water services, and I will stay in the scrutiny of anybody to look at Nelson's stormwater, sewerage and water systems and say, actually, it's not perfect, but it's a pretty damn good job. The part that worries me, Paul, and I know this is really nerdy, uh, but can you just indulge me? Yep, go. Is that they talk about three waters and particularly about stormwater going into these companies. Here's my problem in Nelson. We've got rivers, you've got creeks, you've got drains, you've got turbine channel, and you've got stormwater pipes. Under this reform, you're going to have a separate entity managing some of them, and you're going to split it up. And that just doesn't make sense to me. You know, if you're into, into managing storms and people have different views about the dangers that go with climate change, is that when you get a, a, a big storm event, uh, or you're planning for these things long term, you want the same water engineer thinking about all of that water catchment system. So if you take a pipe and you replace it with a drain or vice versa, you're going to have different authorities working with it. And so my view is that splitting up the management of our a river catchment and stormwater system is practically not going to work. And here's the really interesting part, Paul. When I was in government and we did water care services in Auckland, there was a power of officials' work done in this area. And they all came to the conclusion that you couldn't split up the management of your rivers and your drains from your curb and channel and your other parts of the system. So why sort of 10 years later have they come to a different conclusion? And can I lend you with a really nerdy point, Paul, and it is this. <laughs> if you go right back to the Bill of Rights, one of the fundamental points was the only people that are going to be able to tax me are elected people. And that was fundamentally what brought about the Bill of Rights. One of the big piss-off factors was that the king could tax without the authority of the people. And even if you go to the American Revolution and the Boston Tea uh, uh, sort of beginnings of the American Revolution, it was again that power to tax. And so we have a basic rule in our democracies that the only people that can tax us are the people that we elect. That doesn't make us necessarily popular, and I live every day, whether I was a member of parliament or a mayor, with the dilemma that people want services and they don't want to pay for them. That's all right. That's, uh, it's a good thing. You want politicians stuck between a rock and a hard place. The other part of Three Waters that really worries me is that for the stormwater function, we're going to give a power to unelected people to tax us, to rate us. Uh, and I just think that is fundamentally wrong, uh, that you may not like your elected representatives, but at least you can get rid of them. Yeah. And that... Uh, we actually needed a democracy to have our elected people as the only ones that can determine a tax or a rate on us. And that's the other element of the Three Waters reform that still causes me great concern. Yes, it's good that uh, the government has backed off on the NELMAC question that we originally discussed, Paul, but there's still a lot wrong 
with the three waters reform uh, if we're going to get it in something that's going to be fair and weeks. With your experience looking ahead, how do you think this is all going to play out? Well, look, I don't want, and I've made very plain, Paul, that I am a Nelson mayor and not a national mayor. And so I'm not going to get into the rights and wrongs of the general election that is occurring in October. I think the government has acknowledged by substantially winding back three waters that they were uh, in, in trouble on it. And it will be fundamentally a decision for New Zealand at the general election as to whether they want to proceed with the rigid three waters reform of the government or whether they want a different direction with a, with a different government. How's Nelson doing post-COVID? It's been a while since I've been to Nelson. Always yeah. enjoyed my trips there. I've got uh, relatives who live in the area. How's it been oh, going? Oh, yeah, I'm aware of that, Paul. We'll have to have a coffee next time you're in town. I can show <laughs> off the parochial <laughs> delights of this little corner of the world. Definitely into but, that. But but how's the um, local economy going? How are the people? Yeah, Nelson's uh, great benefit is a very broad-based economy. And so you've got particular parts of New Zealand that are very dependent on just tourism or dairy or traditional farming. We've got a really balanced economy between our fishing, our horticulture, our forestry, as well as tourism. Tourism would be the sector that worries me the most, Paul. Um, those businesses are still doing it really tough. Just after I finish on your interview, I'm off to talk to the hospitality associations. And I don't think we've done a good job of rebuilding that visitor sector post-COVID. And so for me in the Nelson economy, uh, that would be my, my biggest worry. Uh, the other bit about Nelson is that... Uh, we, we, we do have a very low crime rate um, and uh, we're really worried at the moment. You know, you're seeing the rain raids take off all over the country um, and an overall level of lawlessness. We're not seeing that in Nelson yet, but, you know, it sort of started in the Auckland and Christchurches. We're now seeing it roll out in the Palmerston Norths and in the New Plymouths. I'm really nervous that that is an area where we have seen some increase in retail crime but nothing of the order of other cities. So both the economy and law and order would be would be worried areas for me for where we're doing better than the rest of the country, but I worry rather than being better that we're just behind the curve in what is occurring nationally. Are you enjoying the job? Loving it. Uh, I've been a commuter for 31 years when I was a parliamentarian, spent a couple of years building wind turbines in the family business. So just being able to be home, uh, and the other part is, look, it's an enormous privilege uh, to be in any sort of elected official role, give it my best, as I did as a Member of Parliament, uh, being able to utilise some of the skills, administering some of the laws that I was responsible for as a Parliament. Yeah, that's, that's, that's full circle, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. No, no, but it means, um, you know, when it comes, we've got a whole lot of earthquake prone buildings, but I wrote that law, being you know, detailed and involved as a Minister of Local Government, Minister for the Environment. And so being at the practical end of some of those laws is actually uh, really enjoyable. So loving the role, feeling really privileged, and continue to give it my best. Well, thank you for being the first mayor to come on RCR, explaining the Nelmac situation. Hopefully they'll stay off your back, right, is what, what you're hoping. We're hoping that one's behind us, a battle one. And, Paul, we look forward to buying you a coffee in, uh, in, uh, in, in Nelson when you're next through visiting family. I look forward to a visit. Nick Smith, thank you for coming on RCR. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.